that's it. Just blow the whole fucking place up. <laughs> I'm going to watch the world burn. Dance, monkey, dance. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? Uh, I'm doing great. Sitting here in the freezing 52 degree weather in sunny Florida. <laughs> it's colder there than it is here? Wow. Feels like it. Did... I mean, not that I've left the couch all day. <laughs> it just looks cold outside? Yeah. Oh, now it's 61. Oh, there you go. So, so it, it actually know. is colder there than it is here. That's, really? that's strange, yeah. It's like 64 here. I just think the stupid sucks the energy out of this place. <laughs> well, then it would be cold all the time. <laughs> I think I think the white supremacy and hatred makes it warmer than it really should be. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, by the time this comes out, the world could be a very different place. Oh, let's not jinx it. Let's, <laughs> let's not jinx it. I'm just saying. I'm, this comes out on Wednesday. Stranger and, shit can happen. And it could be a very different world the next time we talk. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's put that out into the universe, shall we? All right. <laughs> oh, good times. So lots gone on since the last time we talked. Yes. Um, I think before we get to some awards and things that happened last week, we, we need to say goodbye to Lance Reddick. Yes. Um, he passed away this week at the age of 60 of mm-hmm. what they're calling natural causes, which I right. guess means that like he wasn't secretly fighting like a cancer diagnosis or, you know, something that nobody knew about. They just, right. he just died. Um, and if you have been a fan of the wire or fringe or the John wick movies, you've seen Lance Reddick. Right. Um, tall, good looking black guy that could, could easily chew the scenery. He was such a good actor. Well, and he just got cast as Zeus in the Percy Jackson series. Yeah. So I'm wondering, he hadn't shot that yet, though, right? No. Okay. So, well, it says post-production on the thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, it was it was out of the blue. It was kind of... Um, very unexpected there's been lots of outpouring over the loss of him at such a young age uh he was also in the tv show bosch Mm -hmm. which was big i think on showtime so yeah that's very sad it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do because he was supposed to star in the TV show based on the John Wick mm. um, show as well. Like the, about the, the hotel that he works at. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And I guess he already shot his part for Ballerina, which is the female-led the first... John Wick right. with Ana de Armas. Mm. So there'll still be a couple of chances to see him. But that's sad. But we should talk about the Oscars last week. We should. Yeah. It was it was a very tame show. My kid asked me what I thought of all of the results. And I, f- I feel like, well, I don't think it's rigged. Right. 
I do think that it was the best case scenario for the Oscars. Okay. I, I think the right people won. Yes. Um, everybody, every actor that won for their contribution to film this year was extremely grateful and humble and was appreciative of the chance to be up there. And I think in years past, when you see the same old people go up and accept awards, it loses something. And, but when like, like Kihu Wan goes up and Brendan Fraser goes up and Michelle Yeoh and Jamie Lee Curtis, and there is a sense of excitement Right. Um, I think that is what, especially after last year, what the Oscars were needing as kind of to kind of revitalize it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess it worked because their ratings were up. Well, I mean, everybody was waiting to see if Will Smith would show up or, you know. <laughs> I mean, it is it is interesting that they did call it out because mm-hmm. they could have just left it and not said anything but you know Kimmel's gonna make jokes about it so right right the more you call attention to it the worse it's gonna be yeah and you know they they didn't have to announce that they had a crisis team right waiting in the wings but you know (laughs) whatever that means you think it's people with like hot cups of cocoa that are waiting to like if something bad goes down everybody just gets like and blankets they just kind of like you know, pet your shoulder. It's, it's okay. It's like it's okay. You think they were doing that to Cape One Chat? <laughs> oh, um, it was it was interesting seeing some of the reactions to people who didn't win. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say was it? Oh, what's her name? Angela Bassett. Uh huh. Who did not look pleased at all that she didn't win? Yeah. And it's like uh, okay. Hasn't she won well, though? Didn't she uh, win for Tina Turner? I don't know. Did she? I don't know. Angela Bassett. I mean, I think uh, nominated for two Oscars, um, Academy. Where's Academy Awards. No, she no, she didn't. She's only win. been nominated twice. Yeah. Well, that's because she's a TV actress now. Oh, is that it? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it was it was nice too to see everything everywhere all at once kind of clean up. Yes. Um, wasn't a big tentpole picture. It was made in um a year when everything was locked down. And production was really hard to complete. I mean, they finished the visual effects with five guys. And five guys on, like, store-bought laptops. Um, and so, have you seen Everywhere, Everything, All at Once? No, I haven't. Okay. When you see it, it's visually impressive on every level. And okay. knowing what it took to get them there... I'm very happy that it wasn't lost on the Academy. And there's nothing better than seeing short round and Indiana Jones connect again. Right. Right. Yeah. That was, that was a a really nice moment when he got the award. Yeah. You know, seeing that, you know, after, uh, Goonies and Raiders he kind of didn't have a lot of acting jobs yeah I mean and I he mean, bounced around Snowman. he bounced around a lot he went from from like bit parts to he did he worked on the stunt team for the first X-Men movie mm-hmm. and he's been like an assistant director and stuff and the fact that he was able to come back and the level of appreciation that he has just oh yeah it's it's just so heartwarming to see 
So I'm I'm very happy for him. And I think the same thing with Brendan Fraser. I mean, after all the shit yes. that he went through, right? It's nice to see him welcomed back. Um, and Homeboy's been working out. He's definitely not the size he was in the first couple of seasons of um, Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Yeah. So like all that stuff, like I'm very happy for, for both of them that they're able to, you know, to come back to something that they both love. Right now. Have you seen the whale? I have not. It's on my list. Um, Okay. It's one of those that I want to pay attention to. I watched it last night. Okay. It's very claustrophobic. Okay. Everything takes place in the same room. Okay. And um, he he gives an amazing performance. That's what I've heard. Amazing performance. I don't think the material was as good as his his performance, but he definitely definitely did an incredible job. Okay. Well worth seeing. Yeah, I've been I've been wanting to. I just have not had the time to sit down and actually do it. Right. Were there any surprises from the Oscars that caught you off guard? Uh No. No. I don't think so. I mean, I I thought the the musical number from the Indian movie was just amazing. And that one won, right? Yes. Yeah, so I'm I'm not surprised that like, you know, being that that was the only thing, I think that was the only thing that they were nominated for. Um uh Uh, the, no, that is it. It was that one movie. Yeah, RRR or whatever it's called. RRR. Which yes. I think is on Netflix. And, you know, I didn't hear a whole lot of it during the year, but, um, yeah, it was the only thing that it was. Nominated for. Yeah. Did you see the woman uh, who was one of the songwriters for the Wakanda Forever song? Her name was Thames. Is that the one in the big white thing? Yes. I would have dumped something on her fucking head. You selfish, selfish bitch. I mean, she, <laughs> she's like three rows from the front. Yep. She's got this gigantic headpiece thing that's not only blocking the person next to the next to her but like right. imagine Everybody working your way to the Oscars and having to sit behind that right like come on yeah I I I saw her I they did it was one of the, like the Jimmy Kimmel things that it, where he was like down in the audience I think that I think it was when he was talking to um uh Colin Farrell okay and she was like kind of behind him. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And then yeah. they kept like panning the camera. And I was like, I can't imagine sitting next to her or behind her. <laughs> like, do you be like, um, can, is there anything you can do about that? Right. Or is she going to pitch a fit? And, you know, nobody wants to pitch a fit at the Oscars now. I mean, I do think that looking at the categories, I think the ones that I've seen definitely deserved what they won. Right. Um, you know, I felt that the visual effects Oscar was going to either come down to Avatar or Maverick. Right. Because um, they both kind of pushed the limit of visual effects. Um but as to where Avatar is creating giant worlds of people, right? Top Gun it was very much like rigid model replacement, so I can see why that was yeah kind of put in there. 
Um, I didn't see Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio either, so I'm not sure whether or not that that was the one to beat or not. Yeah, I don't know either. That's that's in my queue. Yeah. I've been told it's very sad. Oh, really? Yeah, that the ending is very sad. Oh, can't be sadder than the Disney remake. <laughs> <laughs> like oh so Tom Hanks needed a paycheck uh, okay yep. alrighty then <laughs> uh yeah well I mean look he was he was working on a green screen it's not like he had to get wet right they just kind of laid him there and said okay now you're in the the mouth of a whale just act like you're there you know can't be that much to do. But yeah, overall, like I'm, I used to watch the Oscars every year. I missed the slap last year. So I kind of paid attention this year. Um, yeah. And I felt like it was a decent show. I, I felt like for as long as it was, they kind of kept it moving. They did. And they, they, they didn't aggressively cut people off like they have in the past. And they didn't do a lot of, um, extraneous shit. No, no, not at all. You know, they weren't, let's, let's bring up everybody that's ever won an Oscar so that you can stare at them. Oh, but what about the production number about sound design? (laughs) I mean, that was just, that was one of my favorites. Oh God. All that and Snow White and Rob Lowe. (laughs) But yeah, it was, I mean, it was a, a better show than last year. Mm-hmm. I think Kimmel did a good job with, you know, his brand of snark. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll see what happens next year. I don't, I don't. I haven't seen anything yet this year that I'm like, oh, that could be Oscar worthy. But you never know. It's too early. It is. It's only It's way too early. You know, we need Memorial Day weekend. We need Labor Day weekend. We need the Christmas push. (laughs) That weird thing where they're going to put out movies at the end of January or at the end of December for, you know, Oscar contention. Yes makes perfect sense well it kind of does because it's like in your forefront yeah you know like what was that movie about the thing with the guy yeah it's it's definitely not um it's it's definitely not like you know something comes out in february and you're assuming that it was like the year prior right you know that shit how did you feel about them leaving some people out of the the in memoriam? I think they have a very tough job filling the list. Because Paul Servino wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Sizemore, Anne, Hatch, Anne Hache. Hatch, yep. Yeah. Leslie, jo- Leslie Jordan, who I don't know if I'd really consider him worthy of that. You know, it's interesting because because all of the awards happens around like a two month period. I've watched so many and I've seen so many in memoriams that I I could have sworn the next day that when they did Ray Liotta that the very next one was Paul Servino. Hmm. And so I kept I kept hearing that and I'm like, wait a minute. He was in it because I remember seeing him. And then I was like, no, that was the Screen Actors Guild Awards. Right. So it's really hard to be like, to keep it all straight sometimes. Well, and you can't put every actor in it because you've got to have the broad spectrum of everybody who's, whose craft is making movies. Right. You know, costume design, cinematographer, composer, set decorators, animators. Yep. You know, so it's like, I, I, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. Yeah. Crap shoot. And regardless of what they do, there's still going to be somebody who's missed. Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. It is a fine line though. Cause, cause you do look at some of those and it's like, Hey, this, this person worked on movies in the twenties. Right. And you're like, Oh, does he really need to be there? Okay, mm-hmm. Somebody else. And I guess, yeah, I guess he does. But I don't think, did they have the woman that got killed on the rust set? Uh, I don't think so. See, I would think that that would be, I wouldn't have even known her name. I would have recognized her if I saw her. Okay. And I don't remember her. She was the one with the gunshot wound. Oh, stop, man. (laughs) Too soon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But when Irene Cara makes it and yeah, uh, Tom Sizemore doesn't. uh, Yeah. But I mean, Irene Cara never had an onset feud with Val Kilmer. So who knows? That's true. Who knows? Interesting. I'm just saying if Val Kilmer had died, he probably would have been in the in memoriam. Oh, he would have been the last one. And they would have had Tom Cruise do it. Probably. Singing something in his Rock of Ages persona. <laughs> with this, this studded cod piece. There you go. Come on, he didn't even show up and his movie was nominated for a couple of things. Right. Well, I think he's busy looking for Shelly Miscavige down in uh, Clearwater. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. So, you know, overall, good Oscars. Yeah. Um, I watched a movie that has got to be the dumbest fucking movie I've ever seen. Okay. Which one? It's that blockbuster cocaine bear. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. It's just a, a stupid, silly movie with this, <laughs> this, this drug smuggler jumps out of an airplane with, with a, a duffel bag full of Coke and his parachute doesn't open. So he dies. Okay. So the pot, the, uh, the coke is like in the forest and this bear gets a hold of it (laughs) and the bear gets stoned and it goes from being like very very uh silly like at the very beginning there's this couple who are hiking and they're watching this they see the bear in the distance and and the girl's like get the camera get the camera and he takes his camera guy takes his camera out and they're watching the bear and the bear is like hugging this tree in a really weird way and then he starts pounding his head against it <laughs> and then he sees them watching him her because you find out it's a female bear oh okay um and goes after him and like kills the girlfriend and that kind of like starts the whole thing it had margo martindale it had ray liotta right that was like his last movie right yes imagine going out with that oh jesus um. Yeah, it's weird. There's like these two kids. The mother of the kid is a single mom, and she promised the kid they were gonna go into the forest to paint this waterfall the next day. But the mother's new boyfriend invited them up to I don't know where for the weekend. <laughs> so the the little kid who must be like I don't know eight or nine if that, and and her friend decide that they're gonna go into the the forest and they're going to find this waterfall and she brings her paints and shit and they stumble across a, a brick of coke oh wow and they're like they're like talking to each other and the girl's like it's cocaine and the boy's <laughs> like well that's not normally how I've seen it it's usually powdery <laughs> and they end up tasting it okay but not in, not like the way that like when you see like in the in like all the TV shows like the FBI guy like wets his finger right and takes a little bit puts it on his tongue, no they they have a a knife and they scoop it out and put it in their mouths. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got two kids who are also high on coke. Nice. And then the mother goes off looking for them and it 
it's it's just over the top stupid. There's there's lots of blood and gore, but it's all very funny. Okay. Um, you know, heads being chopped off and guys falling out of trees and um i i if that movie could get made <laughs> we're doing something wrong okay you don't think it's because like elizabeth banks had this idea and like you know she's got some pull somewhere well and, a, and i does she is she that big of a person she's produced a lot of stuff has she? I think so. But wasn't she Rita Repulsa in the Power Rangers movie? She was also Miri and Zack and Miri make a porno. So, mm. you know. And she's Effie Trinket in Hunger Games, right? Yes. That's her? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can see, and it's a short movie. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like 90 minutes if that. Or maybe it was so good that it just felt like it was shorter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a very weird movie to have gotten made. I mean, they basically said that this could either make or break her, like, the rest of her career. I, I It made money. I mean, they did a whole skit with it at the Academy Awards. Right. She directed Pitch Perfect 2. Uh, she re- she directed the re reboot of Charlie's Angels. Uh, was that the the no? That's Which the, one, the one was with that the, with Kristen Stewart? Oh, okay, yeah, that I didn't see. Yeah, not the not the reboot, the the re reboot. Not the Drew Barrymore one. No. Okay. It's the one where Patrick Stewart was roped in to be Bosley. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, such a weird career he's had. Um, and she's got a one in development. I guess it's a TV movie called The Greater Good. Okay. Um, but yeah. I don't know how she got it made then. I mean, it's not, it's not like the, she's a super, you know, force for change or anything I can't see them offering her like the next uh, 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 all quiet on the western front it's like you know who we need we need that girl who did cocaine bear (laughs) we need Elizabeth Banks damn it right yeah I was trying to see where's where's the producer credit come on um maybe there was something in here that like she executive produced something that was like super successful but I mean she she was a producer on all the pitch perfect movies those made a lot of money Yeah I wouldn't call them high art No no but uh, movie studios are looking for a return on their investment. True. It's all about the dollars. Yeah. So if you can prove that you can make them their money back, you know, they might let you do it. So you're saying the skip cocaine bear. Yeah. Okay. I'll try to take your advice on that one. Okay. I didn't take your advice on, um, uh, we have a ghost. Oh, really? I'm sorry. <laughs> Although I guess if you didn't take my advice, you deserved it. Well, what it came down to was I wanted to see if it was really that bad. Okay. Um, Cause I know there are things that I watch where I'm like, this is shit, but like I'm in a bad mood or I'm not, mentally in the slot for like whatever I'm watching. So I was like, well, let me just, let me just turn it on and see what this is all about. Why you would waste David Harbor in a role that has no lines. 
Yes, pretty much. When it could have been anybody in a bald cap and a bad comb over. Mm-hmm. I hope he got paid a shitload for that. <laughs> because having that on your fucking resume, I wouldn't I wouldn't want. Um I was very confused at like people that were supposed to be in the movie a lot were basically cameos. And like, I was like, huh? Okay. I expected that person to come back towards like the middle of the movie or something. Right. And it just wasn't. And like Tig Notaro's like, it would have made more sense to me if Tig Notaro had ended up being the ghost daughter. Hmm. Okay. Because why else would you work your entire life to capture a ghost and then just let him go? Right. Like the, the, the plot heaviness of, we want to do a scene that's got cool sci-fi weapons in it to what well, we need to get the scene moving. So how do we get him out of there? Well, we'll just let her let him out. Like it felt very discombobulated. It it felt mm-hmm. like it was rushed and there, there was no um, like grand overarching plan. They were just writing scenes and figuring out how they could connect them together. Like to the point where it felt like, well, we have to figure out who killed this guy. Right. And they just like threw a dart at a board and was like, that's the guy. I mean, it it, it just wasn't good. And I did sit through it all. Because I was hoping there was a twist at the end. Mm, yeah, not so came. much. Yeah, the twist was you got conned out of, <laughs> out of two hours. Although I will say I thought that the, the, the two kid actors... Um, that like carry most of the movie did really well. Sure. Uh, for having never seen them before. Um, you know, but again, like David Harbor completely wasted. Um, I wasn't quite understanding the family dynamics of, they move around a lot and they don't have a lot of money, but the one son has like a souped up sports car. Right. And I was like, wait a minute, how does that work? And they destroy the car in a in a car chase and they come back and the brother's like, yeah, whatever. I was like, that could have been tension. That could have been at least a scene to like move your movie forward. It's like, nah, okay, whatever. It's fine. We stole another car and you know, we're we didn't get in trouble. So I I don't know. But yeah, it's a it's not a good movie. Did you watch uh, Mandalorian this week? I did. Yeah. What'd you think? It's getting better. Yeah. Although, I don't know. It almost felt like it was going to be another episode of the Mandalorian without the Mandalorian in it. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, okay. Well, they bookended stuff. They did. They did. I I tend to think that... Um, What's going on is there were reports after last season that Favreau wanted to quit. Oh, really? Because, yeah, I had read something this this past week where he was ready to go because of Kathleen Kennedy stepping in on everything. Oh. And so he basically said, I'm out. Fucking do it without me. And... Hmm. I think it was I was it Iger? No, it, it couldn't. It had to be Chapik that stepped in, because I think it was before Iger came back, and said, "What do we need to do to keep you where you are?" And he said, "I don't want any interference. I want to make season three the way that I want to make it." And so, I feel like John Favreau and Dave Filoni, while it's called The Mandalorian, they are working off of a larger idea that like everything's happening all at once right and these characters are coming in and out of each other's lives all the time and so we're going to check in on Pershing because last season 
he was an integral part of whatever the fuck's going on story-wise and the greater mystery and we want to see what's happened to him since the last time um so you get this big thing in the middle with him um they could have cut back and forth between the two but i feel like it made more sense for the plot if you stayed with pershing yes and like played out his story um i never really trusted the girl so it wasn't a big surprise when she turns him in to me. Um, okay. Especially like they were very heavy handed on reaction shots of her where you could see that like disdain in her eyes. Right. And it was like, okay, she's up to something and whether or not that's, you know, she's getting revenge because he turned he effectively turned um, to the enemy and like Gideon is, you know, wanting revenge for, for being locked up or whatever. Um, The one thing that I will say is we're how many episodes in three, three. Yeah. This was the third. I don't feel like there's a real direction yet. I'm glad that it wasn't an entire season of trying to get to the, the living waters. Yes. That that shit's out of the way. But I just feel like before there was kind of like, Hey, this is kind of what we're trying to do and the end goal. And it's been like a setup of, well, we got to get Din reinstated into the order. And so we're going to get done with that really quick we're going to get rid of this extraneous shit and we're just going to go from here. But like, because they don't do next week on the Mandalorian. Right. It's really hard to see where everything's going. So that was a little weird. And I don't believe for a second that Bo-Katan is going to join the, the new tribe. Yeah. Well, I don't know. She kind of has nowhere left to go. Yeah, but I think that her plan is since Din didn't see the Mythosaur. Right. She can go back and tame or ride or do whatever with the Mythosaur and then re-rule without having to have the dark saber. You mean like Boba Fett on the Rancor? Yeah, but way cooler. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Did you watch the finale of uh, Last of Us? I did. Okay. What'd you think of that? Um, I don't know. I'm still processing it <laughs> because, you know, once again, they kill off all these characters who you think are going to play an important part. Mm-hmm. Like he, he pretty much wipes out the fireflies. Yep. And now it becomes that since they know that she's immune to the, the cordyceps that, you know, he's got to keep her alive because people are going to try to kill her and dissect her brain and take, take whatever it is out of her. Yeah. And I mean, I wasn't, I haven't played the video game, so I don't know what like the actual flow is supposed to be, but like, I absolutely loved him marching through the hospital, killing people. Yeah. That resolve of he's now found somebody to take care of when he couldn't take care of his own kid. Yeah. And that it's just so, um, important to him that she survives um, that, you know, anybody in that place would have just marched through and just killed everybody there. Right. Um, and they do it in such a way that the tension ratchets up and is he going to make it there in time? And, or because I kept seeing things online of like, will 
um, the chick that plays Ellie be back next season. Right. And so because you see this shit on the internet and you don't know, like, I'm not looking for spoilers. I was like, oh shit, maybe she doesn't make it. And so that entire time I, I had more tension going into it. Cause I was like, I don't know what's going to happen here. Right. Um, but I think it's, it's, this is what fucking walking dead should have been. Yeah. Um, and they just never, they just never fucking got there. Hmm. I think walking dead had a problem with way too many characters in it. Yeah. Well, and people are complaining about this because they say there's not enough infected. And it's like, but does there need to be? Yeah. I mean, I could totally see them just being, you know, on the run and stuff. Like Thumb and Louise. Yeah. Riding over cliffs. Yeah. It'd be great. Murder, death, kill. What about Picard? Are you how are you feeling about Picard? Um, it's getting better. Yeah. Um I like that they're sticking to the next generation cast, although you know, we're still waiting to see Troy as more than a phone call. Yeah. Um, and the, and, uh, okay. So which one was, which was the last one, the one where, where there's, they find the, uh, changelings, changelings. And then they're kind of like under investigation for, so this this last episode has them reuniting with Ro Laren from the next yes. generation. Okay, this is the one I'm thinking of. Okay. Right. So so the the one that we didn't talk about was where they discover that there are changelings on the ship. Okay. Um and that they are perpetrating whatever this attack is, whatever's going on is due to um the changelings, which is a deep space 9 villain. Right. Right. Um, Except for Otto. Yeah. Um, so in this, this last one, it's revealed that not only have are the changelings back, but they have infiltrated like the highest levels of Starfleet. Um, and my guess is that Jack Crusher is a changeling, I guess. Oh, really? He, well, because there's that it's not weird really shit that's going on with him. Yeah. His eyes are flashing red and he's like killing people in the hallway. I don't know how um you well, see I don't know because Crusher makes a point of saying while the um while the changelings now can appear to bleed, there is no DNA present. And I right. would assume that scans of Jack Crusher would show DNA. So I have no clue what the voice is in his head that's saying, come find me. I'm not sure why the changelings want him. Um, you know, there was that weird thing where Amanda Plummer cut her hand off two episodes yeah. ago and talked to the disembodied head only for her, her hand to reform. I was like, so is she a changeling? Because there's a lot going on that like when you look at the changelings from DS nine, they were very much about protecting the great link and sacrificing themselves for the greater good of the great link. And here it feel it almost feels like like she was kind of begging for her life at one point because the disembodied head is like um, he's more important than you go get him. Right. And she was like, OK, I'll go get him then. And so, like, I don't know. I'm 
cautiously optimistic now that Worf has been in contact with Picard that it's right. all of the other people are going to show up very quickly. Okay. Because I don't really want the reunion to be like the last two episodes. And we're in the middle of the season, so they need to like start moving along. Right. It's been too much of hiding in a nebula stuff. And I, I got to tell you, the the new captain has really grown on me. Really? Yeah. Like he was a complete douche in the beginning. Right. But like when you find out that he was at Wolf 359 and that like the last time he met Picard, like his shipmates were killed. You start to understand why he is the way he is. And when he was like at the beginning, he's fo- he's still following orders. He's uh, Riker is like, um, you know, here's what we're doing. We're staying here for um, repairs, blah, blah, blah. Oh, by the way, I need to I need to give you your ship back. And he was like, thanks. By the way, um, I've already called Starfleet and you're both in trouble. <laughs> and I'll give you time to figure out your fucking story. Right. I was like, I, that, that endeared him to me. Cause I was like, he's still following the rules and like, he's kind of ingratiating himself into this cast. And at the end where he's they're, they're like, dude, you need to see what's going on here. We need to go. And he's like, all right, go like you can see his arc and it's like, okay, I, I can kind of feel like what he was doing in the beginning is kind of justified. Okay. But yeah, soon that'll be over too. These weeks are just flying by. scary well i mean we're already halfway through march more than halfway through march yep year's almost over (laughs) soon it'll be summer and then it'll be fall yes and then it'll be christmas again and we'll be wondering what we did with our lives for the last year Mm -hmm. so have you completely given up on um night court I still still watch it. (laughs) So I think it's interesting that we're no longer in the court at all. Yeah. Everything is happening outside of the court now. And it's like, okay, I, I, I don't know what to make of it anymore. Like Dan has just become like, like the joke teller now. Yeah. I don't know how they lost their way. It's very weird. And I kind of want them to go into why Harry didn't marry Christine. Right. Like I thought for sure when they had that episode where, where Abby's mother shows up, it was going to be like, they had just recast her because she just died. Right. And like, she was going to walk in and Dan was going to be like, Christine, it's so good to see you again. Right. And then they were like, Oh no, that's not what happened. He married a felon and it's like, what? And apparently Abby's real name is Abby Cadabra. Yeah. Like, okay. And yeah. And then her, her fiance, Yeah, I mean, it's just not good. No, it's it's very strange. I mean, I feel so bad for John Larroquette, but he probably got a really nice check out of it. I would assume so. And he's he's not in it for the whole thing. Right. So he must have easy days. Oh, I, I'm sure. I bet you he's like, I want to be in first or in, in first out first or in last in last out first. You know, they just put him in a suit and he does whatever quips he does and then he moves on. Yeah. Well, how old is he now? Uh, John Larroquette is. Dun, dun. Uh, 
Born in 47. He's 75. That's not too bad. No. I mean, don't they say like 70 is the new 50? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'll let you I'll let you know. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just not good. Ratings are still like through the roof, though. Mm-hmm. I uh, okay. I don't understand. Maybe it I just don't get it. I just don't get it. That's all I can say. <laughs> uh, ratings for well, no, that's for February. Season one, episode eight was three point five three point five million viewers. Okay. Which is a lot for network TV. I don't understand the other metrics, so I don't know what a zero point four rating in the in the demographic means. Okay. But I guess okay, so according to this it was lower than it's been. Uh But it's weird because it says in this article, it says that American Auto, which I guess is another show on MDC. Yes, that's bad, too. Was a was steady as a rock with one point eight million viewers. Hmm. So that's been like Night Court is still more successful than that. So I don't know. I don't understand how the ratings work. Uh, Yeah. Have you had a chance to watch History of the World Part 2? I haven't. It's on my list. Is it good? Oh, my God. It's good. Okay. It's good. It's very episodic because there are a lot of recurring skits. Oh, really? Like there's a there's a, a sitcom about Shirley Chisholm, the first black congresswoman. Okay. And, you know, it feels like a mix of good times and um, shows like that. Um, really interesting amount of people who are doing like like David Duchovny plays Howard Cosell oh um, Richard Kind is in it okay it, it's it's really funny and it's just as inappropriate as every other Mel Brooks film really yes just as just as inappropriate. Wow. Okay. Yep. Oh, so it's eight episodes. Yeah, I think so. Are they all out? I think so. What is that little badge next to it that says Hulu? That's supposed to say Hulu Originals. Oh, maybe. Okay. Yeah, it's one of those, like, because it's on Hulu, Hulu's always the last thing that I go to. Mm. So I keep forgetting about it. So is, is Mel Brooks in it? Um, not that much. Okay. He's kind of like in the opening sequence and basically he says they gave me a check. I took the money. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad that Hulu let them still be um inappropriate. Inappropriate. Yes. That's nice. There there's this whole sequence in the Vatican where this woman is kind of like the new PR person for the Pope. (laughs) Okay. And the, there she's asking things like, so what you want me to say is that Jesus was a was a white guy. And they're like shaking their heads up and down by no, no, that's not at all what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah, it's definitely worth watching. Okay. Cool. Definitely. 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 Yes. Uh, did you ever watch Glass Onion? Yes, I did. I really liked that. Did you? Yeah. Okay. I like the whole solving the murder, but it's not quite what you expect it to turn out to be. I thought Janelle Monet was great. Who she was the the twins? The twins, yeah. Okay. She was the black one. <laughs> well, I know that. <laughs> yeah, the um the one girl who um was Dave Batista's girlfriend. Yes. Yeah. She she's actually from the the town that I live in. She's like a oh, local really? celebrity here, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because she's also on that show that they do um, over here called the Outer Banks, I guess. Ah. Uh. Um. So she's always around, and like she's like, everybody is always like, "Oh, did you hear she's in town?" And it's like I don't really care. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, I liked it. I don't like it as much as the first one. Okay. I still think that the first Knives Out was such an interesting concept of blowing their load in the beginning of like, you know exactly how the dude died. Right. But there is a mystery that's wrapped in that, that Mm -hmm. this just didn't have. This felt more of a straight ahead mystery. Yeah. And I, I really like the first one. Like, I think the first one is super rewatchable. The second one felt very gimmicky. Yeah. Um, but I didn't like it any less for that. I mean, I loved the whole mechanical boxes thing at the beginning. Right. And I love the fact that what you, when, when you come to find out, I love the trope of you watch something and then they go back and show you different angles of that. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, when, when, um, Daniel Craig shows up, he's like, well, I got a box and I did a bunch of random puzzles. Right. And uh, I, I got this thing. So I'm here, but it, what you find out is that the woman came to him with the box that she broke. Yes. And then there's all those shots of, and it's all leading up to the the black girl getting shot. And so there's right. this whole thing of like, you know, he's LeBanc is spying on um, Edward Norton and the girl in bed. But the black girl's also there. But you don't understand that until later on. I love that trope. I love that whole thing of like, it's more than what you're thinking it is. Right. So I always get a kick out of that stuff. Yeah, I thought it was just a fun movie. Great cast. I loved the whole sequence where they're talking about the sister being poisoned. And every time the camera cuts, it's a different member of the cast who's pouring the poison in the coffee cup. Yes. Yep. Yep. All that kind of stuff is is great. It just amazes me that's the same dude that made um, Last Jedi. Yeah. I don't get that. And Hugh Grant is Benoit Blanc's boyfriend? Yeah. I mean... It's just a throwaway. It's it's just a throwaway. Just a throwaway. It, 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 there's no attention called to it. It's just there. Yep. And it's like, wow, okay. That's kind of the way it should be. Right. But yeah, yeah. I also Go ahead. caught um, Real Genius, which I hadn't seen in like forever. I love that movie. Yeah. What is this? It's a penis treasure. You want to try it? <laughs> this is under H for toy. Real Genius is one of those movies that I quote in my daily life. Really? That a lot of people don't remember. 
the whole ending with the house getting full of the popcorn yep. <laughs> and the kids sliding on it and <laughs> take it and they're like taking wagons of it home as you do uh, of course yeah I, oh it's such a classic movie makes no sense like plot wise no way that this shit would ever happen in real life but it's so well done it's and it's Val Kilmer at his best mm-hmm. it's before the ego it's before you know any of of him being a method actor or any of that stuff it is just him having fun with it it's, it's like top secret um you know, I, I absolutely love that movie. I try to watch that movie a couple of times, like a year. I'm trying to think of what I watched this week besides. Um, what did I watch? Must not have been memorable. Um... Oh, did you watch The Bad Batch? Oh, I did. Okay. Feels like they're going to settle down. Oh, they got to get away from Sid. They do. They've got to do something to to change the dynamic of it. Uh, there's a lot of complaints online that they feel like it's a bunch of side quests in a video game. And it kind of is but I don't know whether or not it needs to be anything more than a different story every week. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to picture them doing something else with those characters where like, they're going to hook it into the canon of what's already been established. Yeah. Like, I don't remember where clone force 99 shows up in the clone wars, but it's not like this was ever something that like people were like, well, we should need, we need to explore this side of it. Right. You know, it is what would clones do after their usefulness was done. Right. And it's, well, and that whole episode where they're talking about the, the clones rights and how they're really not people. Right. And, and I love the fact that, um, in the beginning of this last episode where Omega sitting at the table and they're negotiating for the artifact mm-hmm. where they're just teaching her, you know, whatever they need to teach her for her to survive. Right. She's going to grow up and be a mercenary and there's no real, there's nothing wrong with that in the star Wars universe. She's just doing what she needs to do to survive and they're teaching her coping skills. And it's like, wow, okay, that's very cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. I don't think I watched anything else this week. Um, I don't think I watched anything during work this week because work was so fucking crazy. Um... Don't let the show die. Uh, beep. Beep. <laughs> beep. Well, okay. Did you don't have HBO, right? No. Did you happen to catch? Because I know that they put it on YouTube. Did you the John Oliver thing on um, Ron DeSantis? I I just will not give that man any time <laughs> of my life. None whatsoever. Okay. 
Wait, John Oliver or Ron DeSantis? Ron DeSantis. Okay, fair enough. Known by his drag name, Ronda Santis. <laughs> <laughs> There's an awful lot of those Republicans that show up in drag. That's all I'm saying. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what about it? It was, as with any anything John Oliver does, it's very well researched. And it's what needs to be shown in, like political debates if he's going to run for president yeah because he's such a slimy motherfucker that oh yeah people need to know but i mean they also elected trump so what do i know exactly but it's it's pretty good i know you don't want to give him your time but yeah i'm good <laughs> I live him every day. I don't need to. I know. I I get that. Yeah, good times. Yeah. All right. Well, you have anything else for this week? Mm. No. No. All right. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. I was thinking of the immortal words of Socrates when he said, I drink what? <laughs> <laughs>